Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Telegraph. Telegraph. Podcasts. Hello and welcome to Brian Moore's Full Contact with The Telegraph. Well, we're now just less than a week away from the first test between the British and Irish Lions and the Springboks. Warren Gatlin's side were given their first real test on tour last week when they lost to South Africa A, but they refused the a rematch a few days later in favour of a much more routine fixture, which they uh, then we won comfortably against the Stormers. Uh, the defence coach Steve Tandy has revealed that the majority of the test side has already been chosen. However, he also revealed that the selection process was one of the most difficult things that he's been involved with during his time in the game. We'll be looking ahead to the first test in detail with a man, well, he knows, let's face it, he knows a little bit about uh, preparing Lions test squads. It's the great Sir Ian McGeekin. He'll be with us shortly. We'll be looking at who should be in Saturday's lineup and what it's like from a coach's perspective in the week leading up to a test series. As for the Springboks, they followed their win over the Lions last week by suffering a shock defeat to the Bulls on Saturday. They lined up as a South Africa A team featuring nine Springbok World Cup winners beaten by a club side just a week before Test Series. What does that say? Well, we'll have reaction to the defeat and a look at the state of South Africa's COVID-ridden squad and indeed the state of South Africa in general at the moment. Um, as ever, we'll be having the latest on the rest of the Lions tour, including the return of Alan Wynne-Jones, who resumed the captaincy, took it back off Conor Murray, and the impact of Marcus Smith on his Lions debut. Well, I'm delighted to say alongside me, for the next few weeks, we're going to have a balanced perspective. The former South African captain is here, Bob Skinstad. Hello, Bob. How are you going, Brian? Great to be here. Yeah, look, yeah, let's start off. It's been a difficult week in South Africa, off the field. Civil unrest, there's been some rioting, looting. It's reported that a, you know, maybe a couple of hundred deaths. Is it just COVID or is there, is there other wider things? Political unrest at the moment. Oh, OK. I mean, uh, the, recently, I think about 10 days ago, there was the conviction of the former ex President, corrupt ex-president Jacob Zuma, oh, yeah. and, and jailing uh-huh. of him. So it's a it's a sort of a support faction of his that has that is from the ANC. Uh, well, uh, you know, he, he was the leader of the ANC. They yeah. are the biggest party, um, and you know, the incumbent president was the next leader of the ANC. But but Zuma has been fighting a trial for many many years, right? And he actually has only been jailed for contempt of court. Oh, I see. But the the unrest has been led by a lot of his supporters I within see. the community. So yeah. it's a deli- deliberate attempt at destabilising, is Very it? Very much so. Okay. Well, um, I've spoken to a number of former Springboks in the past few weeks. Yourself, John Schmidt, Robbie Kempson, and they've told me there's a huge appetite for the Lions tour. Will these uh, events have any impact on the general sporting? Fraternity. Look, I, 
South Africans are never proud when something like this is happening, but you know, it, it is one of the most unequal countries in the world. There, there, there is a history of, of civil unrest and unrest in general. Um, I, I think the tour is going to go ahead. I, I think there, a lot of people are affected by this. And there, you know, there's some calls for, for saying stop the tour because you need to focus on these events. But they're not really government. They're not really links, they? and they're not really justified to. So I, I, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to to um, affect the tour. Um, however, I do feel you know very strongly that it is that it's something that the, the world needs to see, and and you know the tour can't sort of take away from that, if you know what I mean. So hopefully they can one be resolved, and then the tour can also go ahead. Uh, let's have a discussion about the the biggest test the Lions have faced, the one they didn't get over, the South Africa A side. What do you make of that side? The South African style, uh, will that be replicated in the tests? And how will Gatland have been weighing up, you know, the relative strengths of players who didn't play in that game, but have seen to do well in, you know, weaker games? Mm-hmm. How, will he, how will this all be playing out? Well, I think, uh, you know, the last time we spoke, we spoke about Georgia being, you know, a big physical side. Was that enough for South Africa? Was it not? I think this is the first time we saw... Very close to a Springbok um, starting lineup, minus probably four or five players, um, and and you know named in the South Africa A side probably for that reason because there was no second follow up test for Georgia and there was yeah. no other games for them to play, um, and then you know they they were physical they were good they were set piece was was very organised defence was was um, on a on a very very high standard starting and finishing and I, and I think you know once they they created or prized open. An, an opportunity, they, they scored a try. And, and, and that only happened twice, well, three times. One was, one was tackled out. The other two were, were, were scored. So South Africa will be pleased. The Lions will, I think, go away from that saying, well, we, we know what we thought we knew. Yeah. You know, they, they haven't seen, there's no big new thing from South Africa that suddenly appeared. But I think Gatlin knows, you know, he's got, he's got a, a mountain, whether it's a hill or a mountain, he's got something in front of him, he's got to climb it, mm-hmm. um, and it's not going to go away. So he'll be pleased that he's at least seen a bit of it. There's no reason for South Africa to move away from the sort of game they played, not least because of lack of preparation time and because they're very good at it, and because against nearly every other side, they're good enough to win. Mm. Um, and if the Lions get off slowly, as they have been doing, and South Africa get a lead, they're a very good side you know, keeping the game on their terms, mm. you know, and keeping leads like that. Um, so I don't think there's anything new going to come. For me, the, the essential thing is to, for the Lions to f- find a way around the defensive wall that South Africa bring. The, the organised second mm. and third, you know, um, um, defensive ploys with Fafta Cloak sweeping round the back. And to me, they've got to be a lot cuter in where they take the ball into contact, yep. not just head on. Men inside, outside, the, the ball across, the deep ball, so that South Africa can't cover everything in defence. So you've got to guess, and they'll get it right most times, but they, if they don't pose those questions and they keep running straight, mm-hmm. they won't get much joy. Well, you know, it's a good big in versus a good big in. You yeah. know, you, you, you're gonna, it's just going to be a clash that'll, that'll end in, in, in t- tears for some players and they won't make test two mm-hmm. and three because that's all it'll be. But, Brian, I think you're right. If, if they can be 
and you know, I'm, I'm not sort of saying that you've got to change everything to rugby league style, but just a little bit covert about you know the ball behind the back, and that, and that's why I've 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 included in 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 my teams that I think could unlock South Africa, um, Owen Farrell, because he's got a sort of almost a league esque ability to pass behind the back or in front of the player mm-hmm. next to him and and create a bit of outside space. They need that, otherwise, because I promise you, they're not going to bash South Africa over. Well, I tell you what, we saw, and it wasn't the full South African side. There are a lot of players in the British and Irish Lions who are very used to be able to pick and go near the line and staying there and staying there and getting over. And the, and, and, and the South Africa A team showed, even on goal line stands, mm-hmm. they are very resolute. And you're gonna, if you're going to unlock them, you're going to have to move it one or two out wide and create difficult questions for them. You're right. But this straight pick and go... No, well, work. let me tell you, so I, I could not agree more with you. And in fact, what one the premiership this year was you know a whole season of managing the pick and go where you need to but unlocking and scoring tries yes. in the second half of the semi-final and yes. the second half of the final and yes, and and I believe that that <laughs> that's why there is a bit of a case for some of the players who might have been part of that mm-hmm. and and changed the way they attacked to be part of of what the lions have to put on the field well, we spoke to Tommy Ball last week who who said that uh, a comeback for Alan Wynne Jones would be Lazarus like well, he has come back, so he hasn't returned from the dead. The sporting injury graveyard possibly resumed the captaincy. I put it like this. Warren Gatland has seen him in training. Warren Gatland has known him for a long, long time. And he's going to have a very honest chat to him. And he'll simply say to him, Alan, you've got to be deadly honest with me. Are you, if you can last 50 minutes, I think that'll be enough. Because he'll be making changes around that time anyway. Yep. Do you think that'll be the approach? And if he says yes, would you pick him? I think I, I've changed my mind, actually, on this. I think I would, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, that will be the approach. I think he will, he will ask for honesty from Alan Wynn, and he'll get it. Yeah. I think we've seen the quality of individual. We've seen a lot of his decisions, some of his comments in the media. He's a measured man. He's an honest man. Um, it reminds me of a Paul O'Connell, a, a, a Martin Johnson. What you see is what you get. You know, yep, these, are, yep. these are big, strong men, and you want them in your pack. And when he gets that answer, he'll make his decision. But I think that answer is going to be, I can go for 50. Yeah. And, and, and on that basis, I would pick him too. Well, time to speak to someone who really does know the Lions inside and out from a playing and coaching perspective. So Ian McGeekin former Lions player and coach, is joining us now. Geach, Monday of a test week. Describe what it's like for this week from a coaching perspective. I think it's the key week of, of the tour, Brian. Um, you might well remember. Um, I think it's the disappointment week for some and it's elation for others. How you manage that, I think, is key. I think... The test players obviously go up to a different level thinking-wise because in preparation uh, and the players not selected have to get their heads around supporting and putting everything in to the training sessions so the test team have got everything they want um, and managing you know, the time off uh, as well uh, for both groups. So I think it is so important to to get that right leading into the test. From match. your experience, um, how many of the starting fifteen would you have had in your head by the stage this week, and how different, if if anything, <laughs> will it have been from Warren Gatland? 
Well, normally on Lions tours, I've never got close to the test team from the beginning of the tour. But I suppose you'd hope that would reflect when you're looking at training and what players are doing and combinations. I I still think um, it'll be down to gut feeling from from uh, Warren and Gregor Townsend in particular about what the midfield looks like. I think most of the other areas you you could look, you know, and say the strong arguments for for certain players, and there'll be some unlucky players. I think at the moment in in this group who don't get selected. But you know, I think I think the front row. You know, when Jones has come on to a game, so there's a bit more consistency there. But I think there are two good front rows, which is important against South Africa. Um, for me, it's where they go with the midfield. I suppose 10, 12, 13 might reflect how they want to start the game tactically. Well, look, let, let's, let's start with 10, 12, 13 then. You get a feeling from afar about who's played in what games. And it's imprecise, but you think, well, you're not really featured. And it seems to me that Bundiaki and Elliot Daly have got, have, have had far more runs than I thought they would have. And I can't, I don't think, I, I just refuse to believe that's a coincidence. And I, I'm looking around and thinking, <laughs> Robbie Henshaw, for me, has not featured because he's been injured, but I don't think when he came on on Saturday, A, that he, he did a, an awful lot, and, and B, that the opposition was a, a real test and difficult to judge against. So I, you've got two centres there who I didn't think it initially might feature, but how much can you read into that sort of, that sort of uh, feel? Well, I think they've wanted to give them game time, obviously. I think 13 is the key one. And I think with Henshaw being injured, it's maybe changed some of the other yeah. combinations a bit. I'm still intrigued as, as to whether they'll put Owen Farrell in the starting 15 at 12. I think Bigger has has been consistent and, and as far as game management in that first uh, first half in particular, I think it's uh, making sure the Lions are playing in the right places and their kicking game is spot on. And at the moment, I think, for me, Bigger um, heads, heads it in that way. Uh, but I think having two decision-makers, Farrell's good defensively, Two playmakers. I was a little bit disappointed with with Aki in the A game. If I'm honest, I thought he might make more of an impact, but I think he has. He does his lines of running. I I like Daly is definitely in the picture for the 13 spot now because I think they know that they have to play. I just believe, but again, you back to personal preferences. I just think the Lions have to be able to play some rugby to beat South Africa. So they have to be able to move the target. They have to choose how and when some of the contact occurs just so they get some consistent tempo and momentum in the game. So that's why I think Elliot Daly, who's who's shown up well, he's got a good kicking game in the outside channel, I think has come into serious contention. Syrian, um, on the back of that, statement of yours you know that they have to play rugby to to win this game and with only one real sort of competitive run out in the build-up does it make the selection 
for 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 Gatlin difficult in two areas. One, he, you know, he hasn't seen the guys up against it, and two, there's a bit of exuberance of youth, Marcus Smith, and the way he played against the Stormers, which might put uh, his hand up for selection. You know, given what happened here in the the Premiership as well. Um, well, hi Bob, good to good to hear you. Um, <laughs> you too, my friend. No, I think I think you're right. I think. I can't get away from the fact, though, that test match experience, Lions test match experience is important under mm-hmm. pressure. So I, I think what came out of Saturday was Mark, Marcus Smith had shown, if you like, he's taken some of the question marks away about how we can, how we can play. Um, and it's given him a good experience. But I don't think he would be ahead of the other two going into the test matches simply because of that Lions test environment, which I still believe is one step ahead of even normal international rugby and particularly against, you know, against South Africa. So I think it's how they manage. I think obviously the the downside for South Africa as well is that they haven't got good game time. So both teams are going to be undercooked a little bit for intensity. Um, Both teams will have taken things from the A game. And I think the Lions know that they've got to get the breakdown right, which was poor. But that, I think, came out of the fact that they haven't had to compete hard to win breakdowns in the previous games. And they know now they will have to. So their speed to break down, as you know, is key. And, and being able to challenge physically there early and where they go from line out, particularly to first breakdown and then second breakdown becomes really important so those are the areas to me that the Lions have to understand what they want to do and then I think the other plus they've got is they've got a strong potentially a strong tactical bench where they can vary with the players they bring on how they can highlight some of their some of their play so so I think the, the players have given the coaches some big decisions about and I think some of it will come down to gut feeling about what they're looking at in training, how players are reacting to each other, so that under pressure you come back sometimes to quite simply that instinctive reaction to be able to do the right thing, which you two know very well. And the uh, the and, and I think you make an incredible point. The players have given the coaches a quandary, which is always a, probably a good thing. And and um, Warren Gatlin said there might be some fisticuffs amongst the the coaches because they, they they'll be putting forward the players that that they think and they and they need to try and agree. Alan Wynne Jones, Lazarus, like back into the mix though. You spoke about the experience and and the next level up that the Lions environment is. Surely that's a boon for, for Gatlin to have him, you know, if he wants to include him in that 23? I'd be of the opinion if he wants to include him, he has to start. Because I think Alan yeah. wins all the pluses with Alan Wynne-Jones. Is that experience, Auburn? Yeah, and right. And uh, the, the 24 hours leading up to the Test match, the kickoff and the first 30 minutes when... Everybody will be under impression, in, in, under pressure. There will be the intensity. That is the Alan Wynne Jones environment. That to yeah. me is where he's yeah. strongest. Not coming off the bench, um, yeah. and I think him leading the Lions into that. If Warren Gatlin is going to to use him, I would use him from the start and then replace him. If he if he's not, I'd be tempted to say, well, 
don't use him at all in the first test and you, you have him starting in the second test because the second test in Lions series are the big ones and they get even more intense. The pressure's on because one team is one one test down um, and he is going to be vital, I think, around that second test atmosphere and environment. But um, I, I just I just think if there's any doubt, I wouldn't have him coming off the bench particularly. Uh, Geek, I wrote about uh, about the, the the known unknowns. You know how long will people last and so on. But what will Gatland have kept up his sleeve? And I hope this. The key to me for the breakdowns, like you said, the first and second breakdowns, is to make sure the South African first up, you know, back row defence with Fafta Kluck sweeping round is put in a position where they have to guess. So they don't know exactly where the ball's coming in. So runners inside and outside the first receiver, the option to pass the ball straight across or round the back deep to try and get on the edge. We haven't seen much of that from the Lions, and that to me is the way, and, and, and with the differential timing of the ball off the line out and to the tail and so on, if you can occupy that and give them a picture which they're not used to seeing, you're far more likely to be able to go into contact on your terms and then make the second breakdown as quick as you can so they can't properly defend or get back into defence. Uh, because if they don't do that, and I hope this is what he's kept up his sleeve, if they don't do that and they keep running straight into what we've seen is a very powerful defence, even as close as, uh, you know, as a, as a five metre, you know, the red zone, yeah. then they're going to have trouble. I absolutely agree, which is why I think of the set pieces, you can actually control where the line outs are to a certain extent yeah. in the way you, you build them up. Scrums, you wait for a much, an error. I think there'll be parity in the scrummaging and I think that's where, you know, the Lions have a plus over maybe previous the more pressure you can put on South Africa at the set piece and which is where Tag Byrne with it with his size his height and and his cleverness he's a player playing well comes into it because if you can put all the pressure at the line out on their ball and on the Lions ball then South Africa have to start making decisions right from the word go about what happens next then you you can pick and choose. Even if you go to a five-man line-out, you can actually pick and choose your ball carriers and shapes a bit, but you're yeah. with a line-out, you're pulling the South African forwards around. So you're saying, have you practised a five-man defence uh, of, of where you're going? And I just think there's a variety there, which means I think the Lions should be kicking out on the full more and not being afraid of it uh, or kicking very long. What they shouldn't be doing is what England did in the in the World Cup final, is from their own 22, uh, just putting ball supposedly up to contest uh, and losing it and giving South Africa a free run into the 22 because that is when they are dangerous. And I, I also believe South Africa during the World Cup got better and better. Um, obviously, there was the scrummaging, but the line-out work and their work with their ball carriers at the first two breakdowns actually dominated tactically where the games went. So from a Lions perspective, if they can organise and put pressure there, then immediately they're actually putting a slightly different ball game in front of South Africa from a decision-making point of view. For me, Ali Price is a former scrum half at the moment. I know Conor Murray got the captaincy and it would be a bit of a... you know, It would, it would be difficult 
you know, having done that, to not name him in the starting 15. But uh, did you really think he's a form scrum off at the moment, Conor Murray? I'd have him on the bench because I think the tempo of the game will go up and I think the Lions will want that. I think South Africa will try and slow the game down and want it to be a more steady pace simply because of the lack of preparation they've had, um, you know, and just the impact of COVID. I think the Lions have a slight edge there. And you then look at who you can bring on in the back row. You know, I, I'd start Curry in the back row, but I'd have Watson on the bench. Mm. Um, he's a dynamic ball carrier and he, I still think he's underrated in, against the big men. Um, and, and if you're wanting to accelerate a game, then that's the thing to do. And price is the same. I just think Conor Murray, there was three or four kicks he put in when, when things settled down against the air, which actually brought Lions penalties and, and were very and that is what he's good at. And he's also been in that test match intense environment that I just feel that he would be the one that gets control. A bit like, you know, the argument for Alan Wynn starting is these players understand where that pressure comes from mm. and, and and get hold of the game when it matters in that that first 30, 30 minutes or so. Um, and that's why I think that the, the Lions bench is so positive and can be so dangerous because of the quality of player in an attacking way and in a tempo way that they can bring on the field and bring onto the field. Does that mean, I mean, you're starting with the experience of Falatawate, does that mean you pick someone like Sam Simmons, who's very, you know, who's very sharp? Actually, Brian, I, I'd be tempted to start Jack Conan mm-hmm. because because he hasn't done anything wrong. He gets in good position support-wise and I'd be interested to know how he's been, go- how he's been going in, in training because certainly every time I watch him play, I've been impressed with him. You know, I think, Falatau's been there and done it again. I just I just worry whether, you know, his game has been consistent enough that, that we'd see it from the outset on Saturday. Have you got a feeling um, for the way the game, you know, results-wise will go? Very difficult to call. Yes, very. I think that the, there'll be... control. I just think controlling that, having the players uh, and the control up, that's going to be needed up front is, is so important from a Lions perspective. Um, and, and I think um, whatever happens, they, they, they have to anticipate a physical bombardment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Syrian, this is with the greatest respect, but, but in, in, in your time as head coach, you wouldn't have had to deal with people tweeting you and sending Instagram messages <laughs> and causing <laughs> trouble. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of the, the war of words that's happening between the head coaches and how do you block it out? <laughs> Uh, I think it's great. No, it would have been teletext in my day, Bob. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I, well, I think there is an influence on referees. I, I think he's relatively inexperienced as a referee at the very highest level. So I think they might have just been both of them trying to just put some thoughts there so that... Yeah. If nothing else, the referee comes to a conclusion and he shares it. So they know exactly what it's going to be before you get on the field. Yeah, helps all um, the prep, yeah, yeah. And then if you do, um, there's, there's no excuses and the players on, the players understand that. And, and it's been good banter, I think, and, and it takes the pressure off the players to a certain extent. <laughs> 
Geeks, we've got to leave it there, but thank you for, for joining us. Not a cloud in the sky where you are, not cloud in the sky here. Let's long may that continue. Yeah, South African weather. <laughs> Although not Cape Town, I don't think. No. That's the only place I saw any rain. <laughs> thank you, Geeks. <laughs> great to speak. Thanks. Uh, Bob, the, the South Africa A featuring nine World Cup winners, the Bulls game. Um, I think it was, it was a bit of a shock for everyone. Um, what, is there anything you can really take out of that? Or No, it's an interesting one. I think that the, it's, you know, you've got to be contextual about these things. You know, the, the, the Springbok um, A side ran out 14-0 um, up by half time and made seven changes and changed the game plan. Um, so uh, a lot of people might say, you know, opportunity missed. Um, I would say potentially opportunity taken, but for 35 minutes or so, and then shut down the plan. So I'm not sure that they would have got much out of a a drubbing of the bulls. Let's let's do it differently. Uh Of the South Africa A side that beat the Lions, I know this is a very inexact thing, and it's difficult to call that. Percentage-wise, how much better... Will the full Springbok side be than than the one we saw in that Wednesday fixture? I think they'll they'll have to be twenty five percent better at least to beat the Lions full side motivated for a Test match. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there is twenty five percent more in that team. Um, you know, there were there were a few little things that that stood out for me, um, and and. You know, it's certainly nothing that I would say, you know, get rid of that or we're really in trouble. Just maybe the deafness of touches, a few passes behind the, the, the players. Um, well, let's go through. I mean, Kitchoff will start probably, will he? Yes. Kitchoff, hooker. Uh, probably in Benambi, I think. If he's, if he's, if he's available, yeah. Po- post-COVID, yeah. Malherber? I would say so. Uh, Exabeth? Yep. Partnered with... That's the only question is that, you know, do they play Peter Steff at seven yeah. or do they play Peter Steff as a as a, a roaming five? Yeah. Um, or. Well, yeah. let, let, let's just say Detroit starts at six or whatever. So Kelly's at six, rather. Uh, Detroit at seven. Who will be at eight? And then, well, it's either, for me, Khaleesi potentially goes to eight and you have either Jasper Visa or Markov and Stardin, depending, are you playing a jackal or a, or a carrier? Okay. Because Visa's um, been the carrier, and then um, I think you—that's when you look to a bench. You look, you know, someone yeah. who's a little bit different. Can you can you carry someone? They'll be hoping against all hope that Dwayne Vermeulen puts <laughs> his hand up for Test Two or Three. Well, it'll be a big plus for him. Or he would be a massive plus yeah. because of the kind of. Yeah. Um, well, he's a destroyer, isn't he? Yeah, but I mean, you know. Um, Franco Mostert has has been there and thereabouts. He's yes. been sort of bench or in the starting lineup. He gives two hundred and eighty percent of what he is. I mean, he's a yes. he's a he's a tall flank and a, and a short lock. But 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 he's one of those guys who you can you can trust him. The uh, clerk Pollard. I would say that's probably right. Delindy. Yep. Lacanya Ham. Um, and this is where the selection is going to come. Fullback. Well, Larue, you know, came off sort of. With a bit of a tender hamstring, I, I did try and phone Matthew Pierce, the, yeah. our lead commentator in South Africa, and he wasn't able to chat this morning. I, I don't know what they've done on on Monday training right. uh, with with Larue, but they might have to have a little look there. And, if he's fit, know, yeah, if, if he's fit, yeah. I would say they, uh, they probably Corby because that's worth and, that's um, worth and Mapimpi, uh, Mapimpi, yeah, yeah. Mapimpi was the only one with a, with a little bit of a question mark because he's part of those four that were um, COVID isolated. But I did chat to. Um, 
uh, well, yes, yeah, yeah, about the camp yesterday morning, and all four had come through. They've had you know the up to date um, lateral flows and PCRs, etc., and they were travelling today. So I'm assuming that they're all available. Well, we said we've said that um, that that uh, Andre Pollard is a very very important for the Springboks, simply because Elton Yancey is not really, he's had a lot of chances, doesn't seem to have pinned it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, if he doesn't, Mornay Stain's going to be there, isn't he? Well, Mornay Stain, I mean, the evergreen Mornay Stain. How old? He's 36, 37? He's 30, I think he's just turned 39. <laughs> but, but... Well, he looked, he looked fairly, he looked very, let's put it this way, he looked very competent. No, he? he's outstanding. <laughs> and, you know, he's had a great season. He's gone yes. back and played domestically in South Africa. And yeah. then... Who do you want with one minute to go above yep. a ball, you know, yep. 60 metres yep. from, yep. from um, the, the posts in Mornay Stone? Uh, well, they, they, are they all going to be in Cape Town the test now? I, it, it's unconfirmed, but, but the rumours are, are, are starting to get Because that's, not, that's not in box favour, is it? They wanted really to get them on the belt for that last You know what it's like. Whenever you come yeah. and visit, Brian, we want you to go yeah, and yeah, stay exactly. in Pretoria, <laughs> yeah, exactly. up country, yeah. um, you know, and, and hard fields, etc., etc. But I think Cape Town's probably going to be the okay. safest place. And, and given the extra pressure on, on Johannesburg with the rioting and that kind of thing. Okay, well, we've, 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 we've sorted the South African team out. Um, Lions ones, they're always going to be difficult. Let, let's start. 15 for me, uh, I think Liam Williams. Okay, agreed um, on that. Now, Josh Adams for me has got to be, he's a form winger. A lot of people have been saying losers. I mean, I think actually, for me, Van der Merwe, I would pick Van der Merwe with physical presence. You know, he seems to get better every game to me. To me. And I just think in this, in this particular test where there's going to be a lot of aerial stuff, mm. um, I think he's. I think he's. He's the trade-off between him being very good going forward, which he is, and Reece Zamet, who is quicker, and the relative work in defence. I think to me, just ticks his his favour. I don't know. Look, I think Reece Zamet is an incredible talent yes. and will be good for a long time. I, I actually sort of have picked a back four because right. because of. The axis you need, and atta- we spoke about this. They, they are not going to undo the Springboks by bashing them over. Yeah, they have to score tries. So I agree with you, Williams, Watson, Daly, and Van der Merwe. Of those four, I would pick yep. the two wings, outside centre, and fullback. And 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 I've gone with Van der Merwe because he is physical, but he knows these South Africans. And sometimes we've seen it with people. You've got to if you've got a a history with someone, and you can just get that ten percent. Maybe he bashes someone over. He 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 knows Cheslin Colby. He's played against him. All those kind of things might be a factor. So a, a back four there made up of those guys. Well, nine, ten. I've gone twelve, thirteen. Um, well, then I've gone I've gone Farrell at twelve because yeah. of that, the extra physical presence we said in defence with Bigger and Murray. Uh, what about the thirteen then, Daly? Daly. Okay, uh, front row for me would be. Ty Furlong starting, uh, Jamie George and Wynne Jones. Think on the bench, Count Dickey will definitely be there. Yep. Uh, Mako Vinopola. But when we met, see McGeeker was talking about, you know, if you need to start speeding the game up, you know, by this time, they, they ought to be able to get parity in the scrums because people are tired. You know, Vinopola is a big ball carrier. Obviously, Count Dickey is. Well, imagine bringing on, you know, you could bring on a Marcus Smith, yeah. Ali Price, Luke and Dickey, suddenly your, your tempo's gone right up. Well, funnily enough, if you have Carl Sinclair as well, you know, you've got, you see England front row, uh, hopefully they the won't Lions have as many. The do to South Africa what South Africa did in the World Cup. Try and do Cup, that, yeah. You know? um, I think Alan Wynne-Jones, if he's had that call on his conversation, says our 50 is fine. Mario Toji, obviously. Ty Byrne. 
After what um, Sir Ian said, I, I definitely got Faletau in. There's a bit of a question mark, actually. I think Faletau's played well enough. And Tom Curry, with, with, with Simmons on the bench, he's a flyer. Uh, Watson on the bench, he's a flyer as well. You know, they, they've, got, they've got a lot of pace to come for the bench. I do, the, the way round for me it goes is you've got to start well. You've got to start well. I know we, we have to score tries and you have to be inventive, but you can't fall off a physical battle in the first half. Mm. Because if South Africa get on top of you, they are the best in the world at just keeping going and going and going and pinning you, and they don't let you go. I agree with you. The loose forwards I, I chose were Curry, Byrne, and Simmons. Mm-hmm. I like what Simmons brings, and I think a, a Watson or even a Falatau could would be safe off the bench. Mm-hmm. I think Falatau has had enough cracks at South Africa, and he's never turned in a man-of-the-match performance and absolutely played the South African loose forwards off the park, whereas Justin Tipperick had... Yes, he, he's done that twice, but he's obviously injured and, and misses out. So I've gone for Simmons because I think he's put in a, a real shift in the Premiership. And, and if he could step up to the next level, he'll be a lion for a long time. Well, we won't have long to wait for this, but that's all we've got time for this week on Brian Moore's Full Contact with the Telegraph. Huge thanks to my co-host Bob Skinstad and Sir Ian McGeekin for joining me. If you've enjoyed this episode, check out some of the others. Subscribe, register... And if you're looking for some further insight into what it's like to prepare for the Lions Test match against the Springboks, check out our mini-series, Brian's Lions, where I sat down with Sir Ian McGeekin, who's been on two Lions tours South Africa, also been in conversation with the former Springbok captain, John Schmidt, who led South Africa to victory 2009. On Wednesday, the final episode of that, Brian's Lions, that will be out. I'll be speaking to Simon Shaw, who had to wait 12 years before finally becoming a Test line in 2009. I urge you to listen to that. It's a very different point of view from Simon Shaw. Uh, I'll be back next week alongside Bob to look back and we'll know who won the first test series between the Lions and South Africa. So until then, with keen anticipation, it's goodbye.